Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being here once again on Black Canvas Season 7. We're getting so close to Season 8. And so before Season 7 ends, I wanted to have a very special guest here on the show. We've been keeping in contact for the last couple of days, and we were able to make this work. And I'm so glad to have Mr. Zachariah Lloyd here on Black Canvas. He was born to a drummer and pianist in Vicksburg, Mississippi. He woke up every morning to his mother playing on, his, on her baby grand. He began playing drums at age 11 on his father's drum set. Cutting his teeth on a Zeppelin and Skinner record, he borrowed from his uncle and playing with the church band. After high school, he ended up in Alaska for work, picking up the guitar and crafting his songwriting skills. He showed back up in Mississippi a year later with long hair and a song to sing. In 2015, Zachariah Lloyd won the Vicksburg Blues Challenge and went on to represent the Vicksburg Blues Society in Memphis for the 2015 International Blues Challenge, where he made it as a finalist in the solo slash duo division. Down to the River, his first single recorded with Plaid Dog Recordings was self-released in 2019 and was used to help crowdfund the full EP titled Heart in a Notebook. In 2020, Down to the River won first place blues for both the unsigned only competition and the international songwriting competition. It placed second in blues for the 2021 International Songwriting Competition. After delays attributed to the global pandemic, Zachariah and Plaid Dog Recordings were able to finish the EP in February of 2022. The EP, Heart in a Notebook, will release to all public platforms July 14th, and that was of this year, 2022, and the single, Heart in a Notebook, was released July 1st. While promoting the release of his current EP, Mr. Lloyd has been and continues to work on his full-length album with producer Billy Smiley at the Sound Kitchen Studios in Franklin, Tennessee. And we expect to hear a single from this project sometimes in the fall of 2022. And thank you so much for being here and I appreciate you being on the show today. Man, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. I love your voice. I think that you have a voice of this generation that we need to hear. And when I first heard you on Instagram, I was like, oh, this guy has to be on the show. And I'm so glad that you decided to be a part of Black Canvas. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So I have some fun questions I'm going to ask you. And I wanted to start it off, of course, with one of your notable awards, which was the 2022 Mississippi Songwriter of the Year Award. Can you tell me where you were when you found out that you had received this award? Yeah, so um, the Mississippi Songwriter of the Year contest was put on by the Boswell Media Group out of Kosciuszko, Mississippi. And the way they did it, um, the way it operated was um, you submitted a song and if you were accepted, they narrowed it down to 15 finalists. And they invited the 15 finalists to perform at the Max uh, Center in Meridian, Mississippi. 
and so each of the finalists, we played our song for a panel of judges, and then the judges selected the top three winners that night. So we were we were all there at the the max, and uh, after the performances, we just hung out and waited for them to announce. And um, honestly, I was I was pretty shocked to get first place. There were so many good good uh, performers there, lots of talent in Mississippi. And uh, yeah, I was just ecstatic. They asked me to say a few words and I just didn't know what to say. I just said, you know, thank you, this is awesome. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was there at the event and it was an awesome experience. Well, congratulations again. I mean, that is really a prestigious award. When someone says that they love your music enough to not only hear you perform it, but that they love the lyrical content, and for any of my guests, I always like to say that's one thing I love about musicians the most are the lyrics outside of just the voice. And I feel like when both connect, it's just like, it feels like a masterpiece. And so I'm so excited that you not only won that, but to be in Mississippi winning that award, that's huge. Yeah, man, it was, it was an honor. It is an honor. So tell me about growing up in Mississippi. Do you mind giving us some like tidbits of the wonderful state of Mississippi, and I've been there a few times. I love Mississippi, and I, I hate what's been going on, of course, recently with the water crisis and stuff that I've been seeing on the news. I know that's been real tough, and my prayers are, of course, with the people in Mississippi that are experiencing that, but I do want to kind of talk about your, your state. Can you tell me more about growing up in Mississippi? Yeah, man. Um, I grew up in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Uh, we lived out in the country, and um, Grew up, you know, we lived about a mile from my grandparents' house. We called them Mama and Papa. And uh, most of my memories growing up are around music. My mom played piano uh, in the church, and my dad was a drummer, and my uncle was also a drummer. So we had a drum set and a piano set up in the house at all times. And at my grandmother's house, there was a drum set and a piano. Um, and my grandparents actually led the music at the Methodist church there in Vicksburg. And, um, so growing up, there was always music around, you know, we'd go to church and do that on Sunday and, um, a lot of fishing and hunting, uh, went hunting with my dad growing up. Sometimes I would miss out, you know, getting up at 5am or 4am was, I wasn't always up to do that <laughs> as a child, but, um, yeah, man, lots of outdoor stuff. I love being outdoors there's lots of beautiful land around mississippi and um yeah man just going out being in the outdoors and music and that's about all we did growing up you know it's a lot different than um a lot of kids are experiencing today i can tell you that um i love what you said about just being outdoors and spending time with family i know my grandfather one thing I enjoyed doing with him is that he played golf and he loved golfing. That was not my sport. I love basketball. So we would compromise. And so I would go with him on the range and just, you know, attempt to play golf. <laughs> I was definitely not Tiger Woods. I can promise you that. But I, I really enjoyed basketball. So he would actually, he bought us my first, um, like, you know, basketball um, stand and everything like yes you put it together and it was just something I'll never forget of being able to play outside and everyone wanted to come to our house like in the neighborhood but I remember playing to like it got dark outside and that was always just something where I was like y'all have fun you know and she was able to monitor it but it was also something where we 
weren't just stuck in the house playing games all day. We really had to get out and do things, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish more parents would get their kids out, out and about more, you know, as a kid, you know, mom telling us to, you know, go outside, you can come back at lunchtime. You know, when you're a kid, that's not really that cool, but looking back on it, uh, when you're older, you realize that that was probably a really good experience to have. You know? Absolutely. I think that was the best experience I can say, like growing up, because I was able to build memories. And those are things that I hope to always hold near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, hopefully I don't end up losing some of those memories, but I just to sit back and think of, wow, you know, my brother and I just were out having a good time and we didn't have to worry about a lot of things that, of course, kids today have to experience because um, computers and stuff weren't around um, in the beginning stages for me. So it just was something I had to right. learn and I adapted to, but I didn't lose myself in electronics. I still was able to be myself, and which I think is great. So I'm going to ask you about some strengths as a musician. Can you right tell on. me what's one strength that you believe you have that helps you to become a better musician? Um, man, one thing I would say, I try, I try really hard to be intentional about that. I was told as a young, at a young age to do by an older guy that I used to play with named Billy. He's since passed on, but uh, he said, man, the first thing you need to do before you play anything, when you're playing with other musicians is to listen, listen to what's going on, listen to see where you might can fit in. Um, and I've, that's carried with me. You know, I've carried that throughout my life. I think that's the number one rule. I think any musician you ask that uh, that people look up to as a great musician, that's probably they're probably going to tell you something similar. Like you got to listen to what's going on. You know, it's not music is a conversation. So, uh, you know, if everyone on stage is just talking all over each other, it's going to sound like a jumbled mess. You know, um, so I try I try really hard to listen to what's going on when I'm playing with other players. And make it a you know try to make it a conversation music music um, and as far as songwriting goes I would probably say um, you know playing to or writing to the song as itself not so much worrying about oh it needs to sound like this or I want to try and play this thing over it uh, really trying to uh, when you're writing a song trying to write music and lyrics like just approach it as a song by song basis you know like what does the song need and that's what we need to do don't need to go too far over the top of that you know yes i think you're right on you hit the nail on the head on that as well because i feel like a lot of times with just music in general especially songwriting you have to be first of all in the right emotional state to write certain songs um some people like to get into the, in the depressive state some of mind like or some people, you know, like to have other people around them that are positive or have different influences around them when they're writing a song and producing, especially music in the studio. And so I feel like, like you said, your environment is important, but also listening. Like you said, being actively able to hear and then being able to see. Like when you're on stage, sometimes you may have to go off of, you know, whatever was playing in rehearsals and it might be something you need to do spontaneously um, with an audience, you know, or with another member on stage. And that helps to make an authentic performance. But it also just shows the crowd that, you know, 
you can just go on the fly and you know we never know like sometimes your guitar something can happen with the pick you know and, and your strings or maybe it can be someone yeah. forgot a cue and you have to just go along with the flow and I feel like as a live performer you have to be able to just improvise in the moment if you, if, you know to make sure that you keep the audience engaged but also that you just continue to be a consummate professional yeah man definitely so I have a fun question for you. So tell me, is there one artist you can get to choose any genre, any artist in the world that you're dying to collaborate with? Man, that's a tough, that's a good, that is a great question. I'll give you that much. Good job on that. Um, that's a tough one, man. Um, oh man, that's tough. I'm going to have to say there's a guy named Marcus King. I think he's in his late twenties. I think he's out of the Carolina region. I can't remember if it's North or South Carolina, but uh, he just put out a record on Easy Eye Sound with Dan Auerbach. Um, I really, really respect his uh, all around his entire thing he's got going on. I just really love what he's got going on, and I would love to collaborate with him. His uh, his guitar playing is is you know some of the best around. His his lyric content is really great, and. Uh, as far as writing songs, he's really versatile in, in regards to the style of the song. So some of his stuff is like really country. Some of it's really R and B, some of it's really rock and roll. Um, but no matter which direction he goes, he executes a hundred percent hitting the nail on the head. Um, I just really respect what he's got going on and I uh, love his sound and I would love to do some work with him in some capacity. Um, but a close second, I would say, as a drummer, you know, I started playing drums before I started songwriting and stuff. And there's a band out called Lettuce. Um, they're a really fun, funky live band to watch. Um, anyway, I just, I love their music as well. They would be really fun to collaborate with as a drummer. I would really love to collaborate with them as well. If that ever was an opportunity. But you never know. Dreams, right? <laughs> <laughs> you never know that's one thing i love about this industry and um this a lot of artists that i've talked to especially country artists which is one of my favorite music um genres to listen to but i've talked to ryan daniel who i really enjoy his music um eric eric lee um chris shoot yeah. um brooks huntley like there's been a lot of great amazing artists that's been on the show so if there's anyone that you're really interested in and, and if I can connect you guys together and if someone I've talked to, you let me know and I'll definitely share the information and hopefully you never know, y'all might be able to make it work. All right. All right. That's cool, man. Yeah, I love connecting artists. I'm like, hey, this person sounds good here. Maybe that might be something y'all can work on. And I'm like, man, this is like almost <laughs> like matchmaking, but it's just not romantic. <laughs> Musical matchmaking. So I have some fun questions with some titles that I know you're going to know these. And I thought this would be something I wanted you to just give me your rapid first response to each question. All right. So the first title is Heart in a Notebook. So can you tell us the last time your heart was broken? Oh, man, you put me on the spot now. Oh, let's see. I mean, it's probably, I mean, makes sense. The last breakup, uh, 
I went through. That was probably about, it was actually a couple months ago. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was different than a normal heartbreak. You know, a normal heartbreak in my mind is like someone breaks up with you and they're like, Hey, sorry, it's over. Um, but this recent breakup I had was more of a, uh, it was kind of a mutual thing. I don't know. It just wasn't working out, man. And, uh, still, it's still heartbreak, you know, it's still tough to break those relationships off. You know, you've still grown uh, with that person and grown to know that person so it's still tough you know to break that off um but yeah now this is going to be even a harder question how did you mend your broken heart if you were able to mend it mm. Mm. well you know i think uh for me right now it's still a process uh, i'm still working on it but um you know just realizing that that's not the end of the world, you know, that's, um, you know, life goes on and you will move on to better things. Um, and for me personally, writing, writing music and getting into new experiences, um, and not spending energy, mental energy and emotional energy dwelling on the past for me is key, you know, focusing on what's here now and what's in the future and what's, what's the next thing that I can put my energy into. That helps me kind of, you know, they say time will heal all wounds. Um, so giving, not giving the past too much time and energy, you know, you don't want to forget everything about the past, but uh, focusing on the here and now and what's ahead, I think that's my biggest, my biggest uh, process, I guess, for trying to mend those heartbreaks. And I think you answered that in the best way that you know how in this moment, because as you move forward in your life, you know, those lessons you've learned in that experience is going to help you grow, but it also helps that individual to know that there's still love there. It just is not being infatuated over someone else. You get to use that love and experience into your music, into your, you know, familiar relationships with family, into inter interpersonal relationships with others. Like, this is just such a great opportunity for you guys to grow. And I wanted to share this with you, Ashley. I was um, looking online today, and I saw this um, LPC, because I'm a licensed professional counselor myself, and I was able to see another professional counselor. Um, she was doing a webinar, and she had mentioned something that really stood out to me. She said, like, we're like the phoenix rising, and she said, we rise and burn all the time. And just because we're burning down doesn't mean it's bad. She said it means that you're shedding things that no longer serve you. And when you rise, you don't have that baggage. You're free. And she said the burning down is like the resting in your learning period where you can learn and rest in your experiences. And she said the rise is like the thrill of the whole thing. So she said the mark of a good relationship isn't when things are going well. It's when they are not going well. And she said, that's when we have to rely on our community to help rewrite the script that we have and we can start learning to take ownership and being creative and learning to be collaborative in other ways. And so I was really impressed by that. When I saw it this afternoon, I said, hey, this would be a great thing to share with you. And I'm glad I was able to kind of talk to you about just the Phoenix Rising because most people think you're rising from ashes and it has to be negative. 
but you know we get to learn how to shed a lot of that um things or beliefs that don't serve us anymore and we can move forward in a different direction i wish yeah, i came well, over. i was like man that's really good <laughs> yeah that's a good yeah I, I really enjoyed this i wanted to share that with you and the listeners as well because sometimes we, we beat ourselves up when things don't go the way we expect um, but I want to go into my next question for you. So this is change is coming. So can you tell our listeners, what is one thing you have noticed that is different about musicians today and the music industry versus what you have seen maybe over the last 20 years? Hmm, that's a great question, man. Um, well, I think, I think it's pretty obvious, uh, you know, music is always changing. So music the music has definitely changed. You know, there's a lot more, uh, I don't even know what you would call it, not electronic, but at least from my personal experience in my local scene here in Mississippi, uh, there's a lot more places that are doing more DJ type thing versus live music, like a live band. Um, so that's definitely a big change I've seen. Um, actually, there was a place on the square in Oxford, Mississippi. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, but I was in, I played in a band that was the last band that played there before the new ownership took over and they started doing nothing but DJs. So that was, I had like a firsthand experience of that kind of big industry change um, over the last, that was probably around 10 years ago or so. Um, and I, I feel like musicians as a whole probably while stylistically the music they're making has changed i feel like musicians are generally uh i think we've probably stayed the same in a lot of ways i know there's a lot of changing you know with what kind of equipment you're using or maybe what type of song you're creating but i feel like music musicians <laughs> musicians are still uh really just creative types trying to create something new something that they whether it's them uh, creating something from an experience they've been through or, you know, writing a song for other people. I think that's always been the case. I think musicians have probably always, they want to play, they want to get out and do it. They want to uh, create something new and play it for people and play it with people. You know, I, I think that mentality of musicians probably hasn't changed much, at least from my experience. Um, Again, I think the industry and the type of music that's popular has definitely changed, but um, I think the core, like, intent and, like, desire for musicians has probably stayed the same. Uh, I might be off base, but that's just kind of what I think. I don't think you're off base on that. I think that is true. I think one difference I've noticed, at least from the people I've interviewed and discussed this with, will be the accessibility of music now. It's more accessible where you can click a song in a few seconds and then flip to another song and you don't have to wait there's not a patience anymore or at least you know an anticipation for music it's kind of like rapid and the example like tiktok is probably the best example you have someone who will do a dance challenge to the old small snippet of a song and people really don't even know their artists that well unless they're a major artist and that's how people are getting their breaks, you know, with these 15 to 30 second windows. But the thing is, people aren't buying the albums like they used to. It's more singles based. And 
I remember when I was younger, I would just stand in line and just wait to to have the album or just, you know, talk about it. There was so much discussion in high school of, you know, you're going to get this next album and we're going to be able to play it and do a lot of things. And now it's just more, I have it in my hand. This is what it is for a second. And then you kind of lose track. Your focus has shifted, at least for me. Um, I've seen that with a lot of songs today. It's just not the same feeling. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. That's a good, that's a good But it's also, also, for me, it's caused me to really have to hone back into that feeling I had 15, 20 years ago of this is what I enjoyed about music. I'm going to listen to the full album. So even though that's what society might think is how we should view music, that doesn't have to change who I am as a person. If I like and want to support an artist, I'll listen to the whole thing because, you know, I use Adele as an example, like her albums are, are amazing, but it's not just the song. Like if you want to hear, you don't skip past it because it's like something that you feel like you're connected to her story. And I feel like if I actually flip, it's kind of like reading a book. If you flip to the back and you've yeah. already read the entire thing in your mind based on the ending, then you've missed what led up to that point. And I, I want to be able to learn more about the, the artist outside of just the one song. Right. Yeah. So I got a fun one for you. Don't cry for me. I know this is probably going to be a hard one for you, but I know you can do this one. Do you remember the last time that you cried? Oh, God. Oh, man. Look at you. I'm kidding. Um, last time I cried. Man, I definitely cried when I, I took my son to see this movie called The Good Dinosaur. Boy, that was a good movie. Man, it was so sad. I know, but it was a good movie, though. <laughs> it, was, it was a great movie. My son, he was, like, cheering up, and he looked at me, and I, I was like, it's all right, man. It's sad. It's okay to cry. But I ended up tearing it up, tearing up in that movie as well. Um, I definitely cried then. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that last breakup I went through, I definitely shed a few tears, you know, just the, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's, even though, you know, you, you know, it needs to happen, it's still tough to make those decisions and you still, still feel grief and, uh, you know, maybe sorrow, you know, like for, maybe you feel bad for hurt, you've caused someone or something. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely cried some back then. And I love that you shared that because that can be a hard thing, especially discussing, you know, masculinity. And I think there's a toxic part of that that goes on where people just expect because you are a male, you shouldn't or you shouldn't be allowed to share it. And I'm glad that you're able to talk about that and openly discuss it, because I think like that's going to help a lot of our younger, especially males listening to this, to know that it's OK to be able to share and be yourself and not be fixated on what society wants from you because a lot of the times if if we continue to tell people don't share it makes you weak and start using labels to define people then it's going to be hard for them ever to know when can they actually be themselves or to allow other people to express emotions and they don't have to feel you know like this is awkward i don't want to be around it because this is not what i'm used to yeah. and i feel like that's one thing i i do miss about my grandfather i know he's been gone mm -hmm now for 19 years but he always was able to show his true genuine emotion he was the first 
like person to say I love you to us, you know, that I remember outside of my mom and, you know, my some other family members, but as far as male figures, my dad never said it. And so to hear it from a very strong man who went through a lot of challenges and probably didn't hear it himself, it was just something I always hold dear to me because I just remember that feeling of hearing it, but also receiving the I love you when I didn't feel like I could receive it from someone else. So I feel like that's great that you're able to share that. And then your son is going to be able to look at you and say, hey, I can trust my emotions with my dad because he can be emotionally expressive. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's, I agree, man. I think a lot of people, uh, or as a society as a whole, I think a lot of times we don't, it's not okay. Like you said, we put this, this box around male or machismo or whatever, and it's not okay to cry, but you know, everybody has those emotions. You know? Exactly. Just, we're, we're all human. Yeah. hundred percent. Now I'm going to tell you a show that's going to make you cry. Have you seen this is us before? I have not, but I've heard some people talk about it. Well, unless you just want to get a lifetime supply of Kleenex <laughs> tissue, <laughs> I just suggest right. don't watch it if you haven't seen it yet. It's an amazing show. I love that show. But for me, it was hard because I had a family member who had who's passed away um, from dementia. And so one of the main characters, Mandy Moore's character, talks about her struggles in that show with, with dementia. And I'm going to tell you, that was one time where I bawled. It was like an ugly cry. I, I haven't cried like that in a long time, but it was a certain scene toward the end. I won't, I won't spoil it for you, but there was toward the end. It was one of the last episodes and it was right. something about that, that just got me really emotional. I said to turn the television off because it was sending me into a bad space. And I was like, Oh no, I can't go there right now. I'm going to take a break from it. And so I knew I had to disconnect for that moment. Right. And then when I was able to finish the season, I said, okay, now I can finish it, but I was like, "Oh no, you're not taking me there. I, I can't do that." <laughs> it's a really show great show. Yeah, it it might be. I'm not sure if it's um. I'm not going to say if it's on Hulu. I'm not sure if it's on Hulu or not. I know it was on NBC, so it may be still on NBC.com to view it. But just check the you know your local areas to see or if the streaming services. But I promise you, I ended up buying most of the DVDs of all the seasons except for the last ones that haven't come out yet but yeah i have all my dvds of it and that makes me cry and then the series lost if you remember that that came on years ago like that one it was something like the last season oh yeah and just seeing some of those episodes i just got really emotional because a lot of people don't know the premise of the show was really talking a lot about spirituality and just life and death and it was just a lot of components of that show when I was, you know, younger, I didn't fully understand. But as I watch it back, I'm like, oh, my God, this show really was, it was ahead of its time. And it was talking about things that most people don't want to discuss. And so I just enjoyed that. That's another series that I have, like, every DVD. Mm. But I'll go back and I can quote <laughs> some of it. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just too hooked on this series. <laughs> it's all right. I need to go watch that. Yeah, that was that like was in the, um, what's it like, 2000, maybe seven or eight? Because I remember it was still going on in 2008 because I was in college. And this is going to sound bad, but I would actually, <laughs> I had night school. And this was a class that I just did not care for, to be honest. 
And so I was like trying to leave out like after an hour and a half because I had a three hour class. I'm like, I need to get home to watch Lost. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I got all I need to get from this. But I, I'm like, this is at the wrong day, wrong time because it used to come on like Wednesday nights. And then that's when my class was. I'm like, oh God, I need to get home to watch the show. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that's my um, my secret for the people that don't know. But yeah, that was a huge huge show for me, and I love the actors and actresses on that series. So yeah, that was something that gets me emotional sometimes when I see a lot of these shows that talk about life changing things that or things I've experienced or something similar to things I've gone through. I'm like, oh wow, I just that hit a chord, and I have to either disconnect from it to you know work on grounding myself or I need to be in this emotion so I can learn how to deal with it differently yeah so speaking of you know emotions I want to go into my next part of this question Um, if your family could choose only one adjective to describe you as a person what adjective do you think they would use No, I might be being overly optimistic here, but I would like to think that my family would describe me as fun. I try to have fun when we have family get-togethers. Um, like me and my dad don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, like politically and all that, lots of different things. But uh, we've learned not what not to talk about. And for me, you know, if we're if we're doing something fun and we're trying to have fun you know, we all have a good time and we can focus on, uh, you know, being together and enjoying that time, you know? So I would like to think they would say fun. They might say something else. I don't know. Well, if it was me, if I had to choose, because my next question was going to be, what would you think your fans would give as far as an adjective? But I'm going to give my two that I would think of when I think of you. The first one, I think of being fearless. And I feel like that's in the music and in life because I feel like we all have things that we experience, but I don't feel like you live in fear. I think you let your fear, you know, be a part of you, but you don't let it consume you. And I feel like as any artist, when you're trying to get your music out there, you have to have a certain level of anxiety, but it doesn't have to consume you. And I feel like I don't think that you are fearful of what's going on, but I think you're fearless because you're willing to still go after your dream, no matter what people say or might not think will or will not happen in your life. So that's the first one for me. Oh, no problem. And then the second one, I think that you're brave. And so I think bravery um, means that you have to really know who you are, but also know what you stand for. And I know that you have a very strong spiritual connection. I think that is a certain level of bravery that people need to have as well, because you're going to be faced with a lot of challenges and a lot of people trying to push you in different directions, but you can still stand in your truth and have that fortitude to fight through it, even when no one understands you. And so those are the two words that came to me when I thought about you. Man, I appreciate you sharing that. That's that means Thank a lot. you. So let's talk about your fans outside of myself. What do you think your fans would use as a word to describe you? Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I, I was I was trying to think when you were talking about that. I was, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, maybe soulful. 
I definitely try to have fun on stage though at a live show. Like I try to have fun with the people that are there, you know, entertaining and I want to be authentic with my music, but also, you know, people come out to have a good time and be entertained. So trying to balance those two, I think soulful or fun. I don't know. I like that. I mean, you have to have some kind of soul to get up on that stage and tell you that. <laughs> or they or the audience will let you know and will tell you to get off. It reminds me of like um Showtime at the Apollo. I remember when I was younger and watching them, I'm like, oh Lord, I, if I was on there, they'd probably drag me off in like five seconds. But it <laughs> it was just so fun to watch that. But then I just think about how stressful that had to be, to, you know, to even try out for the show and then make it and then try to get the audience to continue to clap and encourage you. But I think, yeah, soul plays a huge role um, in music, especially country music. I think there's a lot of soul less singing that's out there right now. And I feel like we need to start to see more soul in music. So I think that's a great, great word to describe it. So tell me about, um, this is a hard question. I ask every guest this question. If you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to your younger self? Stop being <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, I probably would say that. Um, man, I would probably say keep going, you know. Uh, I feel like when I, when I was younger, even in music, when I was younger, um, I got uh, discouraged sometimes. And, uh, as I've gotten older, I've realized, you know, um, just because things don't turn out how you think they should, doesn't mean they aren't working out for you or for the best. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So I would probably, I would probably tell myself like, look, man, it's going to be okay. Just keep going. Keep, keep doing what you think you should be doing. Um, and then I think that would be the, the premise of it. And then I'd probably tell him to uh, save more money and not spend as much money. <laughs> um, That's something we need to tell our older self too. Keep pursuing your dreams is probably what I would say. And, and don't, don't get as discouraged don't let mishaps or things happen if they don't happen how you think they should. Don't let that discourage you from continuing on. That's probably what I would say. I like that. I, I really do. I feel like we all have moments where we can beat ourselves up, but if we can just stay the course, I mean, that would be something I would definitely encourage our listeners, especially if there's anyone who's listening who wants to pursue music. Stay the course. Don't give up because you were told one no. You know, because that person doesn't understand you and your journey and you don't have to conform and change in order to fit the mold of what everyone else is doing. Because some, some of the greatest artists out there or individuals who stood, you know, into their own truth and their values and they were able to make a name for themselves. And that's why we know them by first names. We know them by their songs, by the impact they've had. And so I want to just keep encouraging you, like, whether if you win 100 Grammys or if you don't win anything but just a songwriter of the year, someone saw something in you to acknowledge you. And all it takes is that one fan to say, hey, your song saved my life or what you did for someone helped change me 
you know, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, like I really felt something connected to you, then you, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 100%. So this is my last two questions for you. I'm going to combine these two. The first one is, can you tell us what's next for you? And the second part of that question, how can our listeners find you online? Sure. Um, so what's next? Um, I actually just got back last night from Muscle Shoals, Alabama, part of the, uh, like the, the quote unquote prize package for winning Mississippi Songwriter of the Year is uh, a studio session with producer Billy Lawson in at Wishbone Studios in Muscle Shoals. So uh, this past weekend, we went over there and we recorded a song with him. Uh, it's going to be called Traveling Man. And uh, so working on that is coming up next. And then uh, still working on this full-length album with Billy Smiley out of Sound Kitchen Studios in Franklin. That's uh, We might be a little behind track on putting out the first single for that. Um, not, not that the Summer of the Year is bad in any way. It's, it's been a great opportunity. But uh, getting that you know, getting that award and working on these things for that accomplishment has kind of uh, just pushed back the date on the full length album. That'll probably be uh, pushed back to spring of 2023. Uh, but yeah, man, just uh, working on this new song, Traveling Man, and these new songs for the full length and um, playing shows. That's about, that's all I got going on next. And um People can find me, uh, ZechariahLloyd.com, or on Instagram, it's Zechariah.Lloyd, two L's, and uh, Facebook is at Zechariah Lloyd Music. Um, and yeah, I would encourage anybody that wants to, you know, connect with me. I love to do collaborations and um, co-writes. I'm trying to get into that. Um, it's still kind of new to me, but I'm I'm getting into that and would love to do more of that thing. So. I would encourage anyone that's interested to reach out for sure. Well, I'm just, just so impressed, not only proud of you, but just so impressed at how well you're able to carry yourself, Zachariah, and just the person that you are as a human being, I think shines through. And I always like to leave my guests with positive statements to remind themselves of how amazing they are. And I think like you have not only just the willingness to change other people's lives, but I think you want to be that role model for your son. And, and that to me is more important than the music. And I feel like they need to have more people like you out there because that's going to help him to be able to grow up and know he can do anything that he sets his mind to because you have set the platform and you've been able to give him all the, the values and morals that he needs to, to continue to be a strong young man in this this world and so I just want to encourage you to know that you're doing the right thing um, I'm very you know excited and can't wait for the new music to come out and if you ever need me to share it to talk about it with others I am more than happy to do so on my end man I, I really appreciate that I appreciate those words of encouragement uh, and I would say the same to you man I appreciate you doing what you're doing um, you know I have no idea <laughs> what all goes into doing a podcast or interviews and stuff like that. And I think you do a really great job. So uh, back at you, man, keep doing what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. This is a fun experience for me. I did. I get a chance to really be more of myself with the show 
because when you're counseling, you just have to always remember, you know, there's a lot of other aspects to it and you have to watch your energy. And so there's no transference or counter-transference issues. And so I know when I'm talking to you guys, I can be laid back and have a great time. And then I get to talk to people who I admire and around the world. And so for me, this is just a calling and a mission to, to help to hopefully spread more positivity in the world because we have enough negative things going on. And so I just believe yeah. that this is an opportunity for us all to grow and cultivate love. And so that's why I do the show. And the day I feel like I can't do it the way I want, I'm, I'm stopping it. I've done enough episodes. I don't need to do any more. Uh, and that's just how I feel about it. I'm not going to change myself for, for anything. So I feel like we have to not only be ourselves, but also connect in the right way so that we, where we can start to hopefully heal around this nation and be able to help other people understand, you know, the importance of, of self-love and acceptance and just being there for one another. Yeah, man. That's awesome stuff. Awesome work. Well, I appreciate you so much. And I would love to have you back if you're interested to come back and perform on my um, second podcast, which is called Space Between. And I do have some artists who come back and they're like, hey, I would love to come back and sing. So if you're interested, we would love to hear you whenever you have any openings in the next couple of months. Just let me know and you can reach out to me and I would love to have you perform. Man, absolutely. That would be awesome. I would love to do that. Uh, but yeah, just stay in touch. That'd be great. I will. I most definitely will, Zachariah. And thank you so much for not only being on the show, but sharing your heart with us. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, I appreciate you so much, Zachariah, and I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Thanks, man. Talk soon. Appreciate All you. All right. No problem. Bye. Thank you.